With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 15. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll take a look at some positions up for grabs in D.C., Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three co-brews yet. It worked great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Monday, March 8th. I'm Al Melkier, and I am joined here by Derek Van Riper and DVR. Very interesting Nationals roster to dig into today. We've got some uh, veterans that we know very well, some uh, younger players that are really uh, scrapping for a, a place on the roster, some new faces from the offseason. Uh, lots to get into here. Yeah, and it feels in some ways like people are sleeping on the Nats, probably because the Mets spent so much money uh, during the offseason, probably because the Braves have a younger core and are probably a little more exciting on paper, but they're going to be right there in the thick of things in the NL East this year. I think so, too. And to get into the particulars with us, we've got Maria Torres. She writes about the Nationals uh, for The Athletic. She covers the team. So, Maria, thank you so much for joining us and really looking forward to uh, have a little Nationals discussion. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, my pleasure. And uh, uh, not going to lie here, the, the first player we're going to talk about, this uh, comes, uh, well, this question definitely comes from Derek Van Riper, <laughs> a perennial favorite of his, Victor Robles, uh, who was bulked up going into the spring training last year. Uh, and of course, didn't really work out for him. Not a great season for him in the short season. So how's Victor Robles looking so far this spring, both just, you know, physically and uh, in terms of what we can expect performance-wise. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Robles is on an upward trajectory here. He um, looks trimmed up a good bit, and um, you know, defensively, too, he worked a lot on his agility during during the offseason, and that really has helped him. Um, and granted, I still haven't gotten to see him in person at this current moment that we're recording, uh, just because of all the, the, you know, the coronavirus stuff going on. Um, but from from what the manager has said, David Martinez has said that uh, that Robles looks a lot better in the field, like he just has more mobility. Um, so that that all of that like tracks, you know, that that gives you a good sign. Um, he worked a lot again on the on the offseason, just like just to get back his speed um, from the previous years. And, you know, from when he was a prospect, too, he's always been known for being a good um, runner and putting on the extra weight last year really didn't help him. Um, you know, just get in touch with that, like that key part of his game. He focused so much on just trying to hit for power that he really lost touch with himself as a player. And um, he kind of reversed that during the offseason, working with some trainers in the in the Dominican Republic where he's from. Um, people that he's always worked with, um, but just like they they kind of changed their focus. And um, that's so far, it seems like it's 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 playing to his benefit. Well, uh, we're going to go with equal time here because one of my favorites the last couple of years has been Starlin Castro. And uh, I'm wondering if I should be concerned about his playing time going into this year, given that we've got a couple of younger players, Luis Garcia and Carter Keeboom, 
who maybe wind up taking some playing time away. So how do you think this infield log jam is going to work itself out? I actually don't think there's much of a log jam there. Um, I, I think you'll probably get to see a lot of Castro, uh, especially uh, at second base. Um, Carter Keboom will be playing third base until he shows that he can't play third base. The Nationals are very much like going to let them hit, let him take over the reins there. Um, Louis Garcia, uh, they obviously the Nationals still really love Louis Garcia and what he brings to the table, but uh, Starling Castro is an established veteran. Like you don't really, um, you know, he, and he's very good defensively as well. So I, I, I don't see Garcia actually factoring in um, at the beginning of the season. He could be someone who could come up with more, you know, more time maybe after he's gotten to, to go back to the minor leagues a little bit and work a little bit more. Um, but in the meantime, Starlin Castro is going to be the guy at second base, um, you know, with some, with some, um, some off time probably given to like Josh Harrison or another person from the bench, but, um, Louis Garcia has to play every day. Um, so Starlin Castro is going to be the guy at, at second base in the major leagues. Bodes well for people like Al who are interested in Castro. I mean, he makes sense where he's going to hit in the lineup, the consistency, it, it's all there. He's a, a relative bargain, I would say in most drafts at this point. Let's talk about the rotation for a bit. Has Steven Strasburg been limited in workouts this spring coming off of wrist surgery? I think with that neuritis, a lot of people weren't really sure what to expect and wondering if he'd be limited even once we got to opening day. Like, Where do things stand with Strasburg at this point? Strasburg so far, so far has been fine. He's been throwing his live bullpen sessions um, without any trouble from, from what we've gathered, from what the manager said. Um, he hasn't uh, they've been taking it slow with the starting pitchers in terms of like when they want them to debut in a, in a grapefruit league game. Um, I, but I expect that to, to happen here soon. They should be getting all the starters through, um, games in the next week, um, as of this recording. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it, it was Strasburg. I don't think there, he, he said, he talked earlier in spring training and he said that he, that, that surgery automatically alleviated all the problems that he was feeling in his, in his hand. Like there was no more numbness after that. He started his, um, somewhat like kind of, kind of like slowly started his training program in, in November, which is not normal for him. He said that he kind of easily starts that more closer to closer to the holidays. Um, but he wanted to make sure at least his arm was starting to get loose. Um, so in November he started throwing lightly playing like catch at that point and, um, was throwing bullpen sessions either like was throwing bullpen sessions by sometime in December. Um, so he has not had any kind of um, setbacks related to the neuritis in his hand. So things seems to be on the up and up with him as well. Yeah, all good news, really, I think, with Steven Strasburg to this point then. Uh, Patrick Corbin had a, a down year in the shortened season. Are there any reasons to be optimistic about a bounce back from him? Um, I would say definitely there's a reason to be optimistic for anybody having a bounce back from 2020, just given the circumstances. Um, one of the things that Corbin said uh, at the beginning of spring training as well was he just the whole, like, you know, the shutdown last season, um, the four month, like, you know, limbo that they were all in um, that didn't help him because he was, he, it was just kind of like, he was trying to, to stay stretched and loose and ready to go but never really knew what the end game was. So he said he never felt great at any point last season. So if he, he, he at this point, like he, um, he, he feels like he's in like normal spring training shape. Um, this was as of a couple of weeks ago. Um, but he, you know, he talked about also improving, like kind of bumping up his throwing program. And he started that in, at the beginning of December, as opposed to after the holidays. And he just wanted to work on a couple of mechanical things, but mostly he just wanted to make sure that his arm felt right. And at the beginning of spring training, he said everything was good to go. One of the things that could also 
um, be of good help to him um, as continuing to improve his his changeup. He really he seems to want to work on work on adding that pitch more into his um, repertoire and actually um, utilizing it at a larger um, you know at just a larger rate than he has in the past. Um, and from what it sounds like, that pitch will be featured more often. Um, granted, it's something that he has worked his entire career uh, to try to really to hone in on and, and, and utilize, but, um, he has a catcher. Well, we know the backup catcher, the, the, the national sign, Alex Avila worked with him in, um, 2018, right before he went, went over to the nationals, um, in, in Arizona, they worked together and, and Avila talked, um, at some point in spring training too, about how, how that pitch has really taken a lot of steps forward since 2018, when he was working with him. Um, and every year since then, he's like gradually increased the usage of it. Um, so, you know, if he could really like tap into that, to that pitch, like that could be, that could be a game changer. Yeah, I think it really would be because Corbin's one of those guys that relies so heavily on the fastball and the slider. Like as he loses fastball velocity, it's going to be harder for him to get away with that. So if he unlocks the changeup, I think that gives him a few more years of, of buffer really with Velo continuing to slowly fade away. Uh, who's the favorite to handle the final spot in this Nationals rotation? I mean, usually there's a lot of continuity because of the veterans and the money they spend with those first few spots. But you've got Austin Voth and Eric Fetty and Joe Ross all kind of competing for one spot. Uh, who do you think emerges to open the year as the fifth starter? And there's actually another option on that list. It's Rogelio Armenteros. <laughs> so it's actually a pretty <laughs> big field. And I don't know that there's a current favorite. Um, I thought going into camp that Joe Ross seemed like the favorite just because he was someone who had, you know, done it before. And like, but then again, of course he'd, he'd taken 2020 off, um, you know, because of coronavirus concerns, but he still seemed like the guy that was lined up to take that over. Um, and it kind of seems like there's, it's not nearly as clear cut. Like it's going to be more of a competition between Joe Ross and, and, and both and Fetty and, and Armenteros as well. Um, I think Fetty still has an option left, an option year left. So, that might, you know, work against him. Um, that might kind of take him down off, out of the running. Um, and Armin Taros also has options. So he's probably someone who would start in the minor leagues, um, but definitely will get playing time during the major league season. Um, so it, it's probably going to be up to, it's car- probably going to be between both and, and Ross. And I kind of think like it might, might end up being both, but I haven't seen uh, Ross pitch yet. So uh, we'll see whenever he gets into a spring training game, we'll probably get a better sense of where he's at. Um, he said for what it's worth, he said at the beginning of spring training as well, that he felt like that layout didn't really affect him. Um, and that it kind of, it's like coming off an injury year. Um, he, you know, he continued to, to play catch, do all of his normal like off season things. So, um, yeah, he meant he went several months without playing competitively, but it seems like that won't really be, it might not have as much of an effect on him. Of course that remains to be seen. Yeah, we're all kind of left to guess for the players that opted out, especially the pitchers. Like, where are they going to be at health-wise? Is the stuff going to be as good? Or is it going to be worse? Or maybe it'll be better. Maybe rest will be a good thing for some guys after uh, throwing so much for so long. Uh, Brett Hand was brought in as a free agent to help shore up the bullpen. Is he running solo in the ninth inning? Because there are so many committees league-wide right now. Fantasy players are getting frustrated because it's hard to find saves. Uh, Is Brad Hand truly the guy for the Nats? I think he's mostly the guy. <laughs> so <laughs> he is truly the guy in most cases, except for when he's not available, I think. Um, or when the matchup might, you know, might make more sense to go with someone like Will Harris or Daniel Hudson. Um, 
it seems like they're the Nationals are leaning more toward having Brad Hand be the primary uh, closer, but they're also leaving the door open to to using other guys in that spot. And the interesting thing about this Nationals bullpen is that it's a lot stronger than it has been into the at you know at the beginning of a season in a long time. Um, and they do have guys who who have like pitched in the ninth inning before. Um, you know, so there's Hand, there's there's Harris, there's Hudson, um, and there's other people that are escaping my name, my my mind right now. Um, but they have a lot of a lot of guys back there who can um, who can conceivably you know shut down a game um, when called on. Um, young guys too. Tanner Rainey is another a good high leverage option who could who could come um, who could come into play in the ninth inning as well if he's not you know relied on to like set up. But one thing that the, of the relievers that we've spoken to in camp so far, all of them seem to be of that same mindset of like, they're all just trying to, they don't really care what inning they're pitching in. Um, they're just concerned with getting the outs and everybody seems to kind of share that same philosophy. Like nobody's, nobody's trying to like lord it over somebody else that they're the closer. So it could very well be like it, and maybe it's, it, maybe it's hand for a little while. Maybe it'll be Harris or Hudson or whoever else. Like it could just kind of be a bit of a committee, but I think it's going to be primarily hand. So we've talked about a lot of veteran players here, uh, and as you would expect with this Nationals organization, but you did mention Louis Garcia before. Are there any prospects that maybe we're not as uh, keyed in on that we should be watching this year for a possible promotion? Uh, one option definitely to keep an eye on is Seth Romero. Um, he, he actually debuted last season, um, but he, he got hurt, um, after like three outings. Um, and it was a non-pitching injury. I think he fell and tried to like catch himself and hurt his non-pitching hand. Um, so, so he's definitely someone to, to keep an eye on. Um, he's from all the reports that, that Davey Martinez has given, like he's, he's doing, he's doing well. He's like, um, he's throwing about as well as, as the nationals would like him to be doing at this point and at this juncture. So he's someone who could be um, counted on at some point to, to, to pitch out of the fifth spot on the rotation. You could see any number of guys come through that fifth spot. If, if, you know, and the, the nationals also kind of are entertaining the idea of potentially running with a six man rotation at the start of the season. So you could even see Seth Romero come right out of camp and just pitch out of, um, out of that, out of the rotation then too. So I think that's one, one guy to definitely keep your eye on. All right. Very, very interesting. Well, you know, we could go on a lot longer because, of course, we haven't talked about Juan Soto, Trey Turner, (laughs) (laughs) Josh Bell. Uh, But we are going to have to wrap up this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're listening to this episode on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you do take the time to do that. And also, please do fill out our listener survey. Just click on the link provided in the show notes. So, Maria, thanks so much for... uh, talking some nationals with us this has really been fantastic yeah no problem thank you for having me on all right fantastic so for maria torres and for Derek van riper i'm al melkier and we'll be right back here on tuesday mm-hmm.